You get these questions a lot. Where are you from? And what do you do? That's what you get asked, right? Meeting someone new, if you're at a party, or maybe on your dating profile. So why not just tell the world? We just launched a brand new online store that tells people where you're from and what you do. It has all 50 U.S. states and some countries represented with physical therapist gear at ptpinecast.com. A stainless steel tumbler for a PT in Tennessee. Check. South Carolina PT t-shirts. Double check. Face masks for a Florida PT. Yeah, we got that. Great gear for life, all with your profession and the home state on it. Great gifts for yourself, a colleague, a clinical instructor, a student, all now at ptpinecast.com. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. PT Pinecast, we are doing it live on this lovely summer evening, nice and humid in uh, in the Northeast. Doing it on Wednesday night today. We're talking. Uh, we're talking. Titles are overrated. Stories are underrated. If there is a a phrase that speaks directly to me as someone in communications, as someone in physical therapy, stories should resonate on both sides. And if they don't, you're doing both wrong. So we're gonna dig into that with our guest, who also has got some great experience in professional baseball. And I feel like whenever I talk to people who work in professional sports, it's always interesting because you could ask them all the same questions. They're going to give you vastly different answers. And I love that because we're all having different experiences. The the major sports are are different no matter what level you're on. But also your experiences there are, are pretty different. So excited about that. But I just love the title of the episode as we have it shared. Titles are overrated. Stories are underrated. And that just resonates with me. Uh, do want to say thanks to our friends from CBDRX for you, your CBD store. Get the ABCs of CBD. Your patients are using this over the counter. Your patients are using it for sleep, wellness, uh, just doing it because their friends are doing it. Do you know how it's going to affect their course of treatment? Find out the ABCs of CBD right now at CBDRX4U.com. I also want to thank our online store, which we just launched not long ago. If you wanted to drink your pint of whatever it is, keep your hot stuff hot, your cold stuff cold. I don't know how it knows the difference, but it does. And our lawyers reminded me again to tell you this might look similar to a major soft drink brand. It's not, though. It's very much our own design. So get tumblers, T-shirts, the whole nine, gifts for colleagues or students or CIs. Uh, Holidays are coming up, birthdays, whatever you want to do, online at ptpinecast.com. Let's start the episode now. All right, let's do this thing. Welcome to PT Pinecast. Uh, Great physical therapy conversations on tap. That's what we like to say. Find us on the socials at PT Pinecast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. There it is across the bottom. We also simulcast this. If you want to watch the episodes live, if you want to be able to interact, uh, follow us on the socials. You can also drop a question or a comment below during the show. This is not like third grade library where it was like, shh, got to be quiet. Shout it out, man. Drop a question, a comment, or emoji. In fact, if you're watching live, which a bunch of you are right now, I'd love to know where you're watching live from. So just tell us. Where are you geographically? Who are you in terms of are you a PT, PT student, PTA, uh, athletic trainer? Who are you? Drop that in the comments below. Always curious there. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show. 
It's free. I know it has the word subscribe, so you're like, how much does it cost? It is free. I just want to be clear there. Uh, but whatever app that you listen to us on, Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, just hit that little subscribe button in the top right-hand corner to make sure you get all the episodes and you don't miss anything. I'm looking out for you. I'm here for you. Uh, so make sure to subscribe to the show. Again, that website at ptpinecast.com. Uh, Excited, as I mentioned in the intro today, our guest, physical therapist, former Major League Baseball rehabilitation and medical coordinator, author of his own book, Injured to Elite, host of his own podcast, a renaissance man. It's the Injured to Elite podcast. He's developed a mental approach to physical rehabilitation, raising awareness to that mental side after injury. Let's get the crowd fired up. Uh, David Meyer on the show right now. David, welcome to the program. Jimmy, thank you for having me, my man. It's awesome to be here. And thank you for that nice introduction. Well, you've got the, I mean, I'll be honest, man. I think more and more people are are embracing the power of a quality microphone and webcam, and you're showing that off in, in triplicate today. Well, hold on. I think I okay. figured out why you transitioned out of radio, because you have a radio voice, but you don't have a radio face. My mom, That's what I Howard Stern must have told you. The joke, the joke, and my mom hates when I do it. I always say, like, you know, my mom said I had the face for radio at a young age, and I went with, I went with that. And I, I do the rim shot and the laugh track. But, uh, but thank you. Yeah. You so you allude to. So you're you're a New Yorker. I am. You're in Queens now, but where'd you where'd you grow up? I grew up not far, in Long Island. I moved okay. out there when I was five from Brooklyn, born and raised uh, on the island, and big baseball culture out here as you might know so where do you where do you where do your allegiances lie long Island, i'm gonna guess mets so yeah you know the whole story that you talk about titles are overrated stories are underrated the whole story is that i grew up this you know this poor diehard met fan with a father that was i mean i he was truly a diehard met fan i mean i i follow suit my father's my hero so the story starts there and uh it's crazy. It really is a crazy story how I got to 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 where I wanted to go in professional baseball. Uh, you know, I don't know if you want me to jump let's into it. I, yeah. let, let's dig into it because we have to ask the hardest question first. What are we drinking? We're drinking a very, very, very original Blue Moon. But Blue Moon. I like it, the Blue Moon. It, you know what, though? It's from the cup. The glass is from Belgium. So at least maybe I get, you know, I'm not that That's basic. legit. <laughs> I, you know what? Again, I mean, I always ask because I'm just curious. It's also a good icebreaker question, but I never discriminate against what anybody's uh, what anybody's drinking. I'm doing uh, vodka soda. It just felt light, effervescent in the uh, the DPT uh, tumbler tonight. So that's the first round. W- Want to say thanks to our friends from Owens Recovery Science, a single source for PTs looking for certification and personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training. Find them online at OwensRecoveryScience.com. I could do this live read in my sleep. I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you going to say? Now I was going to say, what is it in Dr. Pepper that gives it the unique taste? Because I was trying to figure that out. I think someone said apricot, which doesn't make any sense, but I love Dr. Pepper. I like it too. I, like it I too. think someone told me once it was like some sort of apricot extract, Crazy. and that's what it was. All right, Crazy. so what is the story? So you, 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 you well, how old are you? Because you got to tell me, are you post-86 World Series? for the, You must be post-86 <laughs> World Series. I was born in 85. So, so nice question. All right. So and, you were uh, there, but you were a babe. You were a little bit. I was, there. I was there actually. My father had season tickets and he, like I said, he was a diehard. He had season tickets. Yeah. He had the only two seats in the house at, at Shea stadium that were piggybacked one behind the other. So <laughs> he didn't, he wasn't fancy. He wasn't a fancy man. Uh, my father, Dean Meyer, but he had the two piggyback seats and he was there. He was there. I, I love that. He was there. 
That's so. Was he at the World Series? He must have been with season tickets. And the Mets we, get in there. You got to buy tickets. I have the ticket. I have the. Um, oh. I have the. I have the winning ticket. Um, but the 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 funny thing is, I th- I believe I have the ticket to the winning game, but I don't think I have the Bill Buckner game. Oh, the, right, yeah. because that Buckner wasn't the one. Right, no, that was that I don't extended think that the series. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. So it start. You know, it starts with that. I. Like you, you know, you have a radio face, but for me, I didn't have a the height of a baseball player. Okay. So I um I was gritty. I was a gritty athlete growing up. And the height thing kind of lit a fire under me, I think. And I was I loved being told I couldn't. So hockey and baseball are my two sports. I was pretty good. Um, I got to play baseball in college. Actually, I graduated undergrad from Albany. I still wanted to play. The the stock market crashed 08. I'm 35. Just, you know, you're asking age. So at that point, I'm like, well, I need to take physics again. And then I'm like, I'm going to go play baseball. So I'm getting, I'm getting at bats with a, with, with a bachelor's at a Juco because I just, I, I needed that college. Just wanted to play. I just want to play. And, um, so basically back in 2006, set it up a little baseball wise, sorry to bore the non-baseball people, the, the Mets and the Cardinals were playing in the NLCS the Mets were on a tear that year. They were one of the best teams in franchise history, probably from 86 to 2006, 20 years later. They were literally one of the best of all time. And we thought they were going to win the World Series. Now, they unfortunately lost to the Cardinals. I hated Yadier Molina at that time. They destroyed him. And kind of sad twist and turn. I told you my father's my hero. My father passed away that Thanksgiving, 2006. Now, after the Mets lose... My father tells me the Mets aren't going to be the same for a while. I mean, he was a baseball genius. He played fantasy baseball. He read every, you know, Roto-Wire, Mag, any of it. And I was like, okay, well, that, that's not great news. He passes away. On Thanksgiving that year, I vowed to my family. I'm like, wow. I'm going to do something to represent myself, my father. You know, I'm an only child. My father was sick my whole life. He had kidney disease. I'm going to do something. Like, not just go get a job. I really want to do something with my life. I was learning disabled. I wasn't even a great student. So I thought maybe become a sports medicine doctor or whatever, just get to baseball, professional baseball. And the crazy thing is, I'll I'll fast forward so we can get to so much other things to talk about. Nine years later, that team, the Cardinals, have an opening for the medical rehab coordinator. And I'm like, I was told by my mentor, Pete Dreovich. He's with the Jacksonville Jaguars now. He was at HSS. Pete goes, Dave, go apply to this job. And at the time, I'm like, oh, no, he, he knows somebody. This is it. I, I'm in. So he, it, it, funny enough, I got the interview with thinking he got it for me. But really, he just kind of said, Dave, I see a job. I applied. End of my residency. Timing is impeccable. I take a red-eye flight from New York to San Diego and uh, interview at the winter meetings in, 2000, in 2014. I'm hired at the end of the year. And then the next year, as I describe it, I was hired to be the uh, the lunch attendant, the school nurse, the bus driver, the uh, <laughs> school principal. What do you mean by like, that? You're doing you're doing yeah, everything. You're doing everything, and it's not. I'm not a big fan of clinics. I I actually I work at a clinic. No offense to the clinic I'm at, but I I hate the physical therapy clinic model. I, I literally I, I I actually don't like it. And what I don't about think it? Don't you like? I don't think that it represents the real world. I don't think that it empowers people. I think it actually disenfranchises people to some degree from being able to, um, to really kind of 
break the chains free from 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 needing some David Meyer to fix you, which I, I don't believe and we can get into that. But so yeah, I I got that job and you know I, I'm managing shuttling players back from the the training facility to the hotel and I'm scheduling flights and I'm you know you're doing all of that everything you know and and a lot of people don't realize when you work in professional sports it's it's you know the physical the rehabilitation is like a percentage of it but so much more of it is devoted towards the administrative side uh wow. you know educating the front office on the rehab report goes to everybody we do a note on web pt and we're like uh you know i i don't want to deal with this but then imagine sending that to the general manager and the owner every night and you're like so hold on a second I'm so so in your position, educate me on this. Mm-hmm. You're seeing something with a player and you're saying, Hey, I, I think they're not ready. Let's just say hypothetically, I think they're not ready yet. You've got to explain that to the player. And now you've got to explain it to everybody else, including the press office. Who's got to put a, put a word out. Cause they're going to get questions. I've had a lot of different stakeholders that I had to juggle. I had wow. the, the famous, uh, Scott Boris, the the most famous agent, oh yeah, who would would have his his arm come down there when a player was drafted and were taken through physicals, and I had to make sure that they were happy. I had to make sure that the GM was happy. I had to make sure that the the farm director was happy. They weren't necessarily always on the same page themselves, and Man. it was a dance. I was juggling all the plates, so it was um it was a disaster in terms of burnout for me <laughs> right and the dream quickly becoming at times and i don't want to make it dark with my black shirt here but it became a little bit of a nightmare at times because this was like i'm talking about my losing my father i love baseball sure. i love i love it and now it's like the business and that that was a a shell shocking experience for me trying to figure out how to pivot and how to adapt and how to kind of rediscover the passion at times and moments. But the, the one constant for me, I told you I'm five foot five, but I got an arm. My arm got stronger there. I got rated one of the strongest arms with the Cardinals organization in 2016. I was nice. out there throwing with the players. Thank you. I was catching bullpens. I loved that. And you never get that in a clinic ever. I bet not. Yeah. You know, all right, so that's that's the backstory. So how long are you with the Cardinals, and, wh- and then what happens next? So I was with them for three years. So my first year, I, I did well. I uh, had some players that did really – Carlos Martinez was one player who was hurt, and he signed a massive contract after. I'm like, I'm doing – Lance Lynn, who just pitched in the, uh, the Field of Dreams game. I mean, I'm looking oh, at yeah. Lance. I'm like, oh, man, Lance was my first major league full rehab. Wow. Tommy John. Go ahead. W- was Jason Mott your closer then? I'm trying to figure out when he was on Jay- there. Jason Mott was just uh, uh, gone at, uh, when I came in. Because he went to my high school. Yeah. He was like my brother's no age in my high school. Yeah, but my brother was like, I know that guy. And it was kind of cool to see a couple Cardinals actually went to my high school. Matt Morris was a couple years before that. He went to my high school. But it, it felt like my high school was a Cardinals, you know, feeder school. Where did you grow up again? In Near West okay. Point, Orange, Orange County, New York. Oh, you grew Upstate up in New York. York. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm thinking San Diego. That's weird. Um. So, yeah, I, I did – Really good my first year. I kept my head above water. I signed a two-year deal with the GM. I'm negotiating the high, you know, the biggest thing in my life. And I was getting advice, of course, from a friend. Definitely not a physical therapist. All of you out there listening, have a friend in the corporate world that can help you with negotiations because we are not great at it, right? <laughs> We're just not experienced uh, at it, right? We're just not used right. to it. We're not educated on it. So have that education. 
So true. And I, I thought I was on top of the world. I mean, the, the Cardinals scandal broke that year, actually, in 2015. <laughs> At that same time, I was negotiating the contract. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. Their head athletic trainer resigned right after I signed my contract. And they brought in Dr. Robert Butler out of Duke, who, if anybody knows the FMS and Gray Cook, Dr. Butler is the research arm, the empirical arm for Gray Cook. And he's a biomechanist, not so much applied. He was more academic. And I had no FMS training. And all of a sudden, it's like, all right, Dave, you better learn the FMS. So the next two years was, they were essentially creating the first performance department in major league baseball with strength and conditioning, athletic training, everything under this one roof. And they were kind of like the model organization to start that. And I mean, there were other teams kind of getting there, but they really shot it forward there. And I was a little bit at that point going through all these different places, my residency, uh, my first year with the Cardinals, all these places were inundating me with their philosophy and their system. And like, I think I had a little bit of a, you know, a, an early life physical therapy crisis because I just needed to think on my own. I needed to just have a little more freedom. And um, so that th- those two years were kind of, it was challenging getting on the same page with a system I never knew, but in hindsight, you know, learned a ton. And we talk about that identity, identity crisis. I mean, how would, how could you not, when you've got so many different philosophies and it's funny because we work in a field that is, I mean, people say it's, you know, art and science, but it's scientifically based, right? You mentioned evidence, but philosophies definitely come into it. And when you've got so many different people kind of putting their fingerprints on it, how could you not have a a kind of an existential crisis? Like who, who am I unless I think on my own first? Yeah. And for me, it was really a parallel um, behind the book and everything with what the players were going through. So I was finally like these professional ball players, many of them minor leaguers, of course, the big leaguers would come down there for assignments. I was kind of in this like parallel that they were in. They were kind of proving themselves. I was proving myself early on in a baseball career. And a lot of them were at their lowest point in their career hurt in this rehab group. Oh, and they're so close, and right? When you're so close to the bigs, some of them crippling. were. Some of them were like forty man players, meaning like they they were a triple A player that was about to maybe get a call up, and they got hurt. Tommy John, whatever. Oh. And, and like you said, yeah, Jimmy, you're perfectly. That's exactly right. Some of them were literally on the cusp, and they were about to reimagine their entire life. So there was one player. Um, essentially, he signed out of a JUCO in SoCal, and he was sitting on the training room table talking about an identity crisis here. And, you know, he was cross-legged. He was just sitting there and I felt his energy, like maybe something to do with my father of seeing what he struggled with physically. I'm very in tuned with the motions of others. And I felt that he was down, not feeling great. And in the moment, I kind of just like tried to pep him up. I had the players in the strength and conditioning area, players in the field throwing. I was so overwhelmed. I had 15 people in there at once. I mean, in the clinic, one every 20 minutes, maybe at the worst, hopefully imagine 15 in at the same time. Sure. And a year goes by six months, six months to a year go by. And and I come in one day and I find out this player attempted suicide and, and thank God, um, unsuccessfully, but very, very serious attempt. He, he was very close to, to, to us losing him. And, he cited reasons related to, you know, the rehab. I mean, he really thought that 
he didn't know what he was going to do with his life if he couldn't get through the process back to playing and his family dependent on him. And my, my jaw dropped when I came in that day. I, I said to myself, oh my God, I felt it. And instead of me saying, hey, come in the training room office, let's just, let's go, let's lean into this a little bit. I'm not trying to play psychologist for you, but like, talk to me what's going on. And I didn't, and I, I really kind of, I took that to heart, but I also realized like, maybe it's not all about kettlebells, Eric Cressy's med ball program. Love you, Eric. Um, you know, maybe there's a little bit more to it in between the heart, the, the ears that I just haven't uncovered yet. And that's really, I, I think where the seed for injury to Lee was planted, like this, this whole mental approach of leaning into thoughts, emotions, utilizing mindfulness for myself first, because I was a hot mess. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a great, I think one of the best reasons to sit down and, and, and dig into something and then pen, pen something, which is obviously a definitely got to be a labor of love is to write a book. So that's, that's one of the, the sparks of injured to elite. So take us through it. What does someone go from and what do they get transformed into when they go through injured to elite? the book? Well, then we'll talk about the podcast. Absolutely. So well, I call it time zero. Time zero is known to be the initiation of triage in the emergency department, the beginning of an experiment, time zero. So some reason I thought of this inflection point when an athlete is injured on the, the, the field, on the heist, whatever, and they're, they're at that lowest point, it's time zero. It all, everything changed. So the one thing that I see most people have the biggest challenge with is acceptance, acknowledgement and acceptance of where they're at. A lot of times it's avoidance, it's deflection, it's getting back it's up and let- This is stages of grief, right? I mean, it's all of that. Absolutely. And there's some really smart people that have used this in the space of addiction and use this in the space of phobias called acceptance and commitment therapy, ACT, which I'm sure some of your listeners- because neuroscience, everything is exploding. Um, Joe Tata I, uh, yeah. is, a, is a big believer in ACT. And so I started learning about these things and I'm like, but wait a second, we're not really tapping into any of this. So the first step, the first step is acceptance acknowledgement. And the, it does not happen on its own. And you move on to the next step of the ladder. I don't believe this is not a marketing spiel. Long I, process, I, right? Right. It's ever, it's ongoing. But the first step is really acknowledging the state that you're in really taking note. And now the way you do that with your patient, because I know most of your listeners are clinicians themselves, is this be present with them, not about fixing them yet, right. or, or even maybe at all. It's about being present with what they're going through and helping them to bring themselves back to that moment. The weather that day, you know, we talked today's a hot, a hot human day today, like really recalling what was viscerally happening within them. Because so at often- At time zero, you mean? At time zero. Got it. At time zero. Because that point going forward changes everything that's going on in their life, not just in their their sport, but also in their relationships. And, sure. you know, and they can become isolated very easily and quickly. Um, so that's step number one. Step number one is acknowledging the state that you're in. I, I can completely- um... 
um, feel this. I can sympathize with this as somebody who's, you know, a weekend warrior triathlete. And I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm getting longer in my events. And then all of a sudden I had a calf injury and literally, you know, I wasn't going pro anytime soon, but I was definitely like, Hey, this was my thing. This was my outlet. Now I know as a PT, I got to shut this down for a while. And believe me, if you don't think that was mentally messing with me, you're not paying attention. That, that completely changed me for a year and a half. Talk about calf injury. I mean, Mike Trout, one of the best in the game, had a calf injury that's persisting, and people are Lingering. like, but it's a calf injury. I'm like, well, yeah. try hitting home runs with a calf injury on your back leg and, right. and see right. how that affects everything. So, yeah, it's, it's really an inflection point. And I think too often, as clinicians, you see here, we have the Theragun, which I'm a big fan of. I love the device. I think it's really good because it empowers the person to use it themselves. But we use all these bands and everything to fix things. Let's fix, let's fix, let's fix. I'm like, hold on, pump the brakes before we tr start fixing things. Let's go into it a little bit. Let's understand. Lean into this a little. Yeah. Right. Understand first. All right. So time zero, definitely a big component of injured to elite. Um, what's someone coming out of that? Obviously like number one, they're understanding, like let's understand more first. What else can they find in there? So after acknowledging the state that you're in, what do you have to do next? Well, you got to take the driver's seat. So I, I love, um, I, I learned about Yuri Levine, the creator of the, the Waze application and uh, out of Tel Aviv. And I, I just really, I heard him talk on, I think it was um, Tony Robbins podcast. And it really resonated with me how the first iteration of the Waze application was crap. It was terrible. All it did was collect data of the direction these cars were going in. And I'm listening to, I'm like, Wow, I am. I, I'm really thinking about what that must have been like. It must have been like such a silly application, and to think what it's become. And then I was thinking about after injury, after your calf injury, all these data points that now you're you're collecting. But what happens? Athletic trainer evaluates you, maybe refers you to the orthopedist. You're totally in the back seat. You're just hearing jargon, and you know you're just you're just along for the ride. So for me, it's taking ownership. It's getting in the driver's seat so that you could be present, number one, present moment awareness, and also now start to collect your own data points to make sense of it. Don't rely on David Meyer, the physical therapist that thinks he's so great to figure it out for you. The 1% of the time you're there in the clinic or at the, the training room, no, it's about you being present to collect the information that you need to figure it out. So step two is, is ownership. And um, so I, I then take the people, the, the, the audience through mental skills and strategies to get them present, to help them combat these negative thought viruses, affirmative thinking, utilizing certain elements of meditation and mindfulness and journaling and all the things that we don't give them as part of their quote unquote home exercise program. It's their mental right. home exercise program. Yeah, this is very much the the mental aspect of physical rehabilitation. Do you get any help with this? I mean, did you did you do the research, or did you bring people in, or did you lean on people, or did you did you use this as a as a as a device to be able to make connections? I mean, I feel like you asking yeah. these questions would be a great way to meet people. So it started with a challenge for me. I was working out in L.A. after the Cardinals, and I was treating a librarian who was a lot smarter than me, I think. And he said, Dave, you have a lot to talk about. You talk about your experience with the cards and the mental side and your own personal development. It's like, you know, I was like, yeah, I want to write a book about it. And he's like, well, I think you might be able to, but I don't know if you will. And he challenged me and it's the little short man like complex, you know? Yeah. And he challenged me and he got my ego out and I was like, okay. So 
it basically, at that point in time, I knew that I needed to reinvent myself as a clinician. And where I look towards is the Association of Applied Sports Psychology. They have okay. uh, a certification called Certified Mental Performance Consultant, CMPC. So we think SCS and uh, OCS and all these things. And I'm like, man, I want to go a little bit off the beaten path. I want to, the LA, California brought a little bit out of the, the rebel in me yeah. and whatever. Yeah. So I turned to that. I turned to a lot of the neuroscience world, uh, different podcasts that have inspired me. Rich Roll is one of my favorite podcasts, that, yep. that ultra marathoner. Um, I, I was very inspired by just my own personal, personal development story. And I have like different, I have a mentor, I should mention John Denny, who also I met down there in Florida in Jupiter, Florida, who he has a, a, a meditation that he, uh, that he has carried on from his mentor called the harmony exercise. So I started doing this daily and it, it's in the book. It's so profound what it's done to my life, just starting the day with certain principles gratitude, things, things that are simple. And then I'm like, let's bring this into the rehab world. And then as I did that, some people were like, yeah, yeah, okay. Maybe it's because I was in LA, but there were people that are like, so tell me more about that. And then it started to resonate with me that when I gave them the TheraBand exercise, when I gave them the complicated left brain centric exercises, they were coming in and they were like, what do you mean? You didn't show me that. I'm like, I spent 30 minutes with you doing that. What are you talking about? And then I was talking to them about these things and they're like, you know, you said something. And I'm like, I don't remember saying that, but I was just flowing from this, right. you know, this state of like really what I believed in so deeply with my own stuff I went through that it was resonating with them. And I'm like, all right, let me go deeper into this. And so then the book started uh, being written as I was relocating from LA back here to New York where, where you see me now. <laughs> So I like that analogy where you're talking about left brain being exercise, right? Logic and 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 reason and right brain bringing in this more mental aspect. So I, I kind of like that analogy and how you put those two two things together. And that's what they can find at Injured to Elite. Let them know where they can find the book. How can they get this? How can they get their hands on it? So to all your listeners, just because they're your listeners, you can head over to injuredtoelite.com forward slash listen, and you can get the first section of the audio book for free. And uh, I think that, it's really the most important section being that it's the mental side and section two and three. If you like section one so much, you can go to Amazon and support me there and that's get a cool deal. The, that's, the a, that's, a, yeah. that's a taste drive. That's a test. That's a test drive. That's that, that's cool of you to do. So check that out. Uh, you have a podcast injured to elite podcast. What have you learned from being a podcast er right now? You're just the guest. Can we, we talk to people? Like, what have you learned from that? Oh man, I, I was actually thinking to myself, I'm like, because I saw you, you actually were, you know, I loved Howard Stern growing up. I listened to, I was a big fan. And I was saying to myself, I'm like, you know, I really wish I could interview Jimmy for the last section of it because there's so fire, much. Fire away. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is so underrated. Talk about overrated, underrated. It is so underrated how challenging it is to not only give an audience what they want, to read your guest, to be present with your guest, to have an idea. So I, I've had some really interesting guests on. One one guest that really I thought was like incredible to have come on was this guy, Dr. Judd Brewer, who wrote a book, Unwinding Anxiety. Now he was on the Ritual podcast. After that, I'm like, I'm getting him on. Got him. And I just went for it and I got him. And Dr. Brewer 
applies mindfulness to physicians out in uh, in in Massachusetts to works at MIT and heart all these different high-end institutions utilizing mindfulness and he created a digital therapeutic version of mindfulness for uh, for overeating for all these different things and as I was having the conversation with him and this happens a lot you're speaking with the guest and you think you're right there present but you have an outline you have these things you want to ask them and then when you listen to it and it, it, you're like I wasn't there I missed what they said so one of the biggest right. challenges is is really truly being there to be able to like Joe Rogan like I think that's what he's uh, he's absolutely. there he's there and he and he's like he's moving there and, and that's something that I, I find challenging the the fun part is that when I sort of like break the third, the fourth wall, right. And start talking about podcasting to my audience, which some of them like you have a podcast and a lot of people don't, but they're clinicians. I'm like, listen, guys, a lot of these principles are completely paralleled. You talking to a patient and being present, uh, under underrated, like underrated. Yeah. You need to do that more. Like that's, that's terribly underrated. Like go for it more. Um, I fall back on, and I forget who even said this, but it's the message that clearly communicates one thing mm. is infinitely better than the message that fails to communicate a hundred things. Mm. So you could like using your analogy of like, I need to get through this cue sheet because I got 10 questions I want to ask David and this, that, and everything. If I'm blowing through those, the audience will know. And they'll just be like, I don't know what, it, they won't know what it is, but they'll be like, this guy just sounds like he's robotically going through a question list because I'm robotically going through a question list. Your patients will know if you're on web PT and you're just checking things off, they will know this person's not actually they're They're, what is it? They're listening, but they're not hearing me. Right. right? So you want right. to try to make sure you're hearing what the person is saying. So if I got 10 things, I want to make sure I ask David, but we're riffing on the second one. Don't rush them through it. Just chill. Like just go with it. And maybe I got to have him come back again. Sounds like another episode to me. I think that's, I'm taking notes by the way, right here. That <laughs> is some amazing, amazing advice because I think that is our habit. Uh, something I was talking about, Dr. Brewer, he talks about habit change. One of our habits as clinicians is we want to fix and we start throwing things at people. And it's just like, well, hold on. What if I just did sit with one conversation piece on how, maybe they're training for a marathon and they're like, well, give me all these exercises. I want to keep training. And you're for me, mental side. Well, I might have to lean into that one thing in the entire session of like, let's talk. Why do you have to complete the race? I just want to understand that more. And take that the more, the more I um, was around great clinicians in my clinical rotations, the more I realized as a guy who likes to talk and sometimes can't shut up, that the, the people that I gravitated towards, the people I saw patients gravitating towards, they used so few words and they got so much out of their patients because they were they, they used the right words. And what they do in between them talking, they were listening. It blew my mind. It's a simple fundamental point. And the question I have is, first of all, how do we learn that before we become physical therapists, right? Like there's no, you know, you're in school and nobody's really saying to you just I, I, I was told to open-ended questions and listen, but right. like it's really yeah, it tough to that muscle. You took that out of my mouth. Sorry. I, I don't shut <laughs> up. Where did that you wait? Is... Where did you go to PT school? NYU. Oh, so you were in the city for PT school. 
Yeah. Best, you That's know what, cool. one of the best times in my life. I, uh, I started in 2009, graduated in 2012 and the city was really cool during those times. I was really, besides the debt, uh, amazing experience. <laughs> I like that wasn't a fun part. Besides the uh, crippling a massive debt for being in New York City for, for a couple of years. But yeah, Marilyn Moffat at New York at NYU, man. That's a pretty big deal. The PT guy, yeah. Uh, the reason for the DPT. But, I went can I can I share a story about it? Heck yeah. <laughs> I go into Dr. Moffat's office and I'll be nice. I'll be nice. And I <laughs> I better be nice here. I went into her office and she she's high energy, very high energy, like very high energy, very high energy. And she's frantically kind of going around her office and she's got a lot of papers and stuff. And I was intimidated by her. And I just, you know, that little voice, little PT voice. I'm like, Hey, Dr. Moffat, I want to work in sports <laughs> and I'll never forget this. And I, I, I hate to say this, but she said to me, she's like, well, you know, Dave, sports is boring. You don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think I froze in my track. I'm like, I'm paying, I like, I decided to pay a few hundred thousands of dollars in debt. And I was just told, don't do that. And that, that's another one of those things like the book challenge. It, it's just it, stories are underrated. Like you, yeah. you're in a program, you are working wherever you're working right now. That ain't you. That's not what you are. That is just where you're at. And I think right. we forget about the story. I really do. Right. I like that. Um, make sure you go on there. Uh, platforms, your podcast is on. It's on all of them. I found it on iTunes, which is the big one. That's where a lot of people listen to it. Um, still like doing it. Still have energy for doing it because some people, I mean, I, I, I typically talk people out of starting a podcast unless they answer a few questions the right way which is like why they want to do it. I'm always interested in that almighty why, but you still like doing it? I love it. And it's the one thing. So I, I made a little, you know, it's like when you're running, you're like, let me one more lap. All right. I'm going to, for me, I'm at 71 episodes and I'll be 72 next week. I'm not even going to think about it until I go to a hundred. But in reality, this is my main channel and Instagram. Who knows how that works? Who knows how the algorithms work there? I'm not stopping podcasting. Good for I, you. I've spent, yeah, it's, it's a blast. All the time. We got fancy microphones. We got buttons, the whole nine. Podcasting is, is leveraging a very basic human thing, which is spoken word. It just happens to let it spread to places that it might not. And I, you know, that's really all it does. It's there's the, 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 the advanced part is how, is how basic it actually is. All right. Injured to elite podcast. Find that there. Uh, David, are you ready to do three questions? Let's do it. Let's do three questions. Talking with those guys in just a little bit. Uh, three questions brought to you by Fusion Medical Staffing. Find them online, of, uh, find them online at fusionmedstaff.com. Leaders in hashtag travel PT doing an episode after this one tonight about the state of uh, travel physical therapy in 2021. Things kind of got, I don't know if you noticed, but things got a little turned around in 2020. Notice? Uh, travel therapy did as well. So we're going to dig into that there. I uh, want to thank our friends from Fusion MedStep. All right, so three questions, Dave. Uh, first question is you're from New York. You've been in L.A. You've obviously been in uh, St. Louis. But where's somewhere in the country that you just like? You just love to go? You can't wait to get to, uh, to again? 
uh, Napa is where I got engaged with my fiance and so beautiful. So beautiful. I mean, and there's uh, some wine there. Oh, the winer, the vineyards, everything. It's beautiful. Second, second question is a what question. What is something you've watched or read or listened to a book, movie, probably anything in or out the rehab world that you think the audience would get value from? Wow. What is something I've listened to that people would get value from? Listen to book, movie, anything. anything the, the, okay. So the book is the tools by Phil Stutz and Barry Michaels. It's a little bit, it, it's a little bit about higher forces, but it's very practical and it changed my life. Love it. Enough said. Uh, last question. We start and end with people. Who is someone the audience should know more about? Mm. Love it to make people think. I love the. I love the. Who thinking is, thing. who is somebody that the audience should know more about? Check out it, it, neuroscience is picking up so much steam. Look up yeah. Dr. Andrew Huberman. Dr. Andrew Huberman has so a ton. Dr. Huberman is out of Stanford. He does a lot of research on the, the visual system and beyond and neuroscience. I know everybody wants to utilize neuroscience in some way, shape or form. Andrew Huberman, he's got a great podcast with Rich Troll. We talked about that. He's ever, he's got his own show. Check him out. All right, perfect. All right, that's three questions from our friends at Fusion Medical Staffing. Again, fusionmedstaff.com, leaders in hashtag travel PT. It's time now to do the parting shot. Shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. We talked earlier about OCS exams. A lot of people making decisions right now about, hey, do I, is this the direction I want to go? Do I want to put some, some more of my effort, my energy towards the OCS exam? The Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy, I'm just the first time I'm able to announce it, has just released Current Concepts of Orthopedic Physical Therapy, Volume 5. Keep updating it, right? Uh, this is the perfect roadmap to go from wherever you are. That's why it's a great map. doesn't matter where you are on that map to exactly where you want to go, which is finishing that OCS. Uh, they're also letting you do a different model. You can buy the whole thing. You can buy current concepts, the whole thing. Jump in on that. Or they've decided to let you do upper quarter, lower quarter. If you're just like, hey, I work in uh, throwing athletes. I just want to do upper. I don't want lower or reverse. You can do that as well. Uh, so find them online. Dig into uh, current concepts online at orthopt.org. All right. So parting shot, David, is really your chance for a mic drop moment. Whatever sentiment, thought, idea that you'd want to leave with the audience, the uh, the soapbox is yours, as they say. Oh, wow. That's dangerous to give to Dave Meyer. So just kind of give you an idea of the things I'm working on. I started something called the Injured to Elite Networking Community. I did a webinar, how to get your dream job in sports. You can check that out on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, Injured to Elite. And now it's culminated into basically a community of professionals outside of just physical therapy, mental performance, chiropractic, all the different allied professionals coming together to develop personally and also make the connections to get your dream job, to live the life you want as a professional in the performance industries. So you can check that out at www.injuredtoelite.com forward slash network. I think it's just really important to start right now, whether it's working on your podcast idea, whether it's 
writing an ebook or a, a full out book, you're not too early in your process to do it. For me, most of the things I've done, the book you see here, the masterclass I'm working on now, many of these things are bootstrapped. You go before you're ready and yeah. you, you know, and you got to be present and leap in the net shall appear, man. If you want it, like if you're waiting for the perfect time and you're waiting to be perfect to deliver it, you're going to be waiting a long, long time. So jump in on that. Uh, excited to hear somebody flexing that, that other side, that right side of the brain, as you, uh, as you put it in that, uh, that analogy. Uh, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. And let's have you back sometime soon, man. I appreciate it. Happy to come on, Jimmy. Thank you so much, man. Follow us online. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PT Pinecast. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org our home on the internet ptpinecast.com created by build pt Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting, providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.